Welcome to Friend Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Well, hello, Rat and Ron. D-Law, and- how are you this evening? You look like I need a drink right now. Oh, good, good. That's a slap in the face. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you've got a face. I think, dr- I, I think Letter needs a drink, too. I, I hear he's injured again. No, he's he's on the uh, the good old Vegas cap game. I don't, is he still in Vegas? Who knows? It's a, it's a party. <laughs> so it, 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 maybe, maybe it was uh, that... that uh, Kind of like the Dadada thing. I'm, I'm telling you, I think I think <laughs> he's Leonard, here one, he's here there. I think Leonard is. I think he's a good. I, I would like him in Detroit. I would take him in a heartbeat. I think him and Nedeljkovic could really split up, and they'd each have equal load, and I think they would be a good a good duo together. Well, Leonard's a I, little crazy. I know he had some demons in the past, but I still think he's actually a rather good goalie when his mind is right. Well, anyone's better than Grace, <laughs> which leads us into uh, yeah, the Red Wings recaps. He's, he's actually he's actually played pretty well for us. You know, I can't, I I just can't really bash him too much. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll we'll start with the Wings and the Blue Jackets. You know, that was, but the Red Wings gave up another hat trick. They gave up another hat trick, kind of a gray area because it was completed in overtime. Um, but it was a really – I, I thought it was a great game. Uh, Verona scored, you know, the first goal for Detroit. You know, Mantha who? I'm going to continue that because I think – I mean, if you look at Verona's stats, he, he's on a 50-goal 50, 50 season's pace. But, yeah, so Verona's on a pace to have a, a stellar rest of this year. Uh, I hope he can remain, you know – not injured i hope he's not one of those guys that has the potential to you know drop 40 50 goals in a season if he's not injured so i don't want to you know i hope that's not going to be the case with him but i I think he's having a great season uh gagne followed that up with his you know he had a nice goal from from stall and mitchell stevens um and i i think that he's really a good veteran presence out there and it's great to see him get a goal um but I'm going to unfortunately turn it over here to the Blue Jackets and Jack Roslovic. You know, he, he's been he played great against Detroit. Just another player for another team to get a hat trick against Detroit. But all in all, I thought this game went really well. I thought they played good. I mean, they took a, a decent team all the way to overtime and it was a, it was a good game. It was just a good, hard fought game. And I, I don't have too much criticism for Detroit in this game. Um, I just, I think that they, I think they played well. Um, you, you know, know I, the, the what, Blue Jackets, ahead. the Blue Jackets aren't exactly a playoff team. They're, they, uh, actually they're eliminated. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying, but they're, they're an okay team. Like they're respectable. They're not playoff. Sure. But I still consider them a, a respectable team and people probably argue with me, um, but I don't see Detroit as a respectable team right now. I, Buffalo, they're gaining some respect. They're not a respectable team yet. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that just aren't there yet. 
Um, but I think Columbus, you know, they've they've got a pretty good squad. So yeah, I don't I don't have too many criticisms for Detroit in that game. I, I think they actually played pretty well. Um, you know, and I, I just think that you know, they they just need to keep moving. Like there's times where they just look lost. But I'll get into that in, you know, in, in a little bit down the road. You know, let's let's go back to Detroit playing Ottawa at home. Again, they they've been on this Ottawa train for a while. So plain and simple, Detroit just didn't show up. They they played okay. You know, they actually played okay through the first two periods, I thought. I thought they had a great first couple of periods. Um your buddy Austin Watson scores the first goal. Um, Not my buddy. I mean, he was just a predator. I mean, yeah, he he had some off season issues or off ice issues, but doesn't don't they all? <laughs> well, no, no, they don't. More than but, more, <laughs> more than they are that used to be. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, but yeah, so. You know, I, I feel that, you know, Detroit, I, I actually think they played okay, but in the third period, they just, they imploded. I, I don't even know what happened. Um, you know, they, they started off the period okay, and then they had, you know, two empty net goals. It just, you know, that, that killed them. That absolutely killed them. They've let in so many empty net goals in the last few few games. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's been a, it's been an issue where Detroit just gets playing from behind and they can't catch up. Like they're just not a caliber of team that's going to be able to come back and eliminate any deficit. So when Detroit plays their best hockey, they have to come out. They have to have, you know, the goals, the goal. I mean, they have to be winning the game, obviously in the first couple of periods to carry that momentum into the third. If they're playing from behind, they've been terrible this year. I don't know the exact stat, but I just read it the other day, and it was it was abysmal. It was embarrassing that when they go into the third period, they just they implode. So yeah, and uh, Blat and Blash will touch on this in his uh, uh, post game comments. Yeah, he, he's the problem. And, he doesn't have these guys ready. Yeah. Do you have that clip ready? You know, I thought uh, I thought in the end we just gave away some goals because I thought we played good enough to, to create enough chances to score and probably score more than them and um, you know we had a couple of misplays in the third that ultimately cost us goals so uh, you know I thought we played we, we, we started the game really well then we managed the puck uh, no good there for a stretch and we kind of let the game even out I thought we were on top of them early um, I thought at times we, we we did good stuff, and I thought at times we played too slow, and at times we didn't manage the puck well enough. Yeah, you can't take as many penalties as we've taken, uh, you know, and, and um, uh, put yourself in that position. You know, that's part of the reason too that I think in the end, you know, you put yourself in a tough spot. So we got to make sure we stay out of the box. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Um, you know, the first comment he made is is baffling to me. Maybe he's just not good on the stage, I guess, under pressure, because he knows he knows his job is eliminated. He's not going to stay with the Detroit organization, so you know he's probably under a lot of stress as he sits up there. I mean, I know I would be, but he says we gave up a couple of goals late. Like, yeah, they were empty net. Of course, uh, of course. What they pulled a goalie with like five minutes ago? Yeah, they do that all the time. I, I sometimes I understand it. Like if you have the momentum and you know the game has been. I mean, you're out shooting your opponent and you're playing. You know, good hockey. Like you're keeping up with them. 
and they're uh, you know you keep up with them, and, and you're playing a game where where you're actually outperforming your your competition, you know that is when you can you know maybe pull the goalie when you're keeping the possession in their zone, you know consistently, but the Wings don't do that. So to pull the goalie with so much time, I mean, what do you got to lose, I guess, is kind of a philosophy. You know, if we let one in, we're still going to lose. If if we happen to score one, you know, a man down, sure. But I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not in their position, so it's hard for me to really give, um, you know, too much feedback on that. But, you know, plain and simple, at the end of the day, he just doesn't have his guys ready. They're just not ready to play. And they're undisciplined and they take penalties and their special teams is horrendous. So the last thing that the Red Wings want to do is take a penalty, but because they're playing so undisciplined, it's just inevitable. Yeah. And Larkin touched on this in his uh, comments as well. Let's hear it. Yeah, it was, um, it was a good third period. We did a good job on the penalty kill, but we were in the box way too much. And, um, We've been taking a lot of penalties lately. We can't be we can't be taking that many penalties, and and uh, you know, so it just uh, it really disrupts the flow of the game. It obviously puts us shorthanded. We have to we lose momentum. So uh, I thought, uh, especially early in the second, we didn't get on the ice till five minutes into the period. You know, we gotta we gotta string together these last games to figure out how to win games, and and uh, you know, it starts uh, next game by staying disciplined. Yeah, and I I, I get yeah. it. He he's frustrated. They're all frustrated. They all just they they just want to end the season on a good note. And I've said this time and time again that they need they absolutely need to win these last few games. I know they have a tough schedule going down the stretch, but for their morale, for the locker room, for everything else, they need to have that. They they just need to have a good last showing because. You know, they need to keep these young guys engaged. They got to keep them motivated. They got to keep them, you know, wanting to stay in Detroit. And a comment that he made, and we talked about this on one of the last shows, is that these guys aren't having fun. They're not having fun. So, I mean, again, yeah, you're making good money, but you can make good money somewhere else. So you got to find a way to make it fun, entertaining, give them a reason to stay in Detroit. You know, Detroit's kind of lost all of its pizzazz you know Detroit just lost one of the top prospects to Colorado like Detroit's just not a market these guys want to come to right now so they need to figure out how to get the locker room put back together they need to figure out how to get these guys to want to stay in Detroit and hopefully a new face behind the bench I know I preach this every single week and I'm sure our listeners are sick and tired of me here talking hearing me talk about Blashill needing to go I mean it's just you know, I, I guess there's only a handful of games left, so they might as well just ride out this train wreck. But I just hope that we can, you know, gather a good off season and just keep keep the momentum going. Um, but yeah, let's uh, you know let's talk about this last game. You know, I think this one's a little bit better for Detroit. Um, you know, they they go into Carolina, and you know, I, I think Detroit's really struggled a little bit with Carolina this year. And they really came out, and they played very well. I mean, they didn't control I, – I, I'm going to first say Nedeljkovic, all hail Nedeljkovic. Like, he played completely out of his mind. Was that his first game bat against the Carolina or not? Because um, I know they've played I, before. Yeah, I'd have to look. I'm not sure. 
but he, uh, he was just acrobatic this entire game. Did you catch any of it, D-Law? No, I unfortunately I didn't miss. I missed that. Um, oh, okay. But but um, you missed you missed some dandies. I mean, he he really he, he played on his head. I mean, just I, splits. I, I, was an I asked that about Ned Dalkovich playing against you know his first time against his whole team because a lot of players you know their 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 first game back against a former team they're really revved up to go and especially oh, yeah. as a goalie. So I, I'm wondering. Because I never, I didn't, I saw the score, and I'm like, is that, like, a misprint? Three to nothing. Carolina is a really top team. Yeah, I just think that Carolina, I don't want to say they, um, I just think that he, I don't know, he had 46 saves. You know, he just played incredible. I mean, he, he was just making save after save after save, and. You know, this year being a Red Wings fan, every time the puck goes down the ice, especially after his gaff where he went out to play the puck from down the other side and knocked it in his own net, you know, you kind of cringe every time the puck goes in on net. But, you know, this was one of those games where I felt comfortable. I, as a fan, as a shot came in, I was like, you know, he's going to make this save. You know, in my head, I'm telling myself he's going to get the shutout. He's playing just out of his freaking mind. So... You know, I, I think that this was a, a, a great game for Ned. Uh, on the other hand, I don't think the scoreboard really reflects how the game went because Nedeljkovic was the only player that really showed up this game. You know, you have Sider who scored a goal, ended up being the game winner. It was a nice nice goal set up beautifully by Larkin. No look pass through the middle to, to Sider. And, you know, it's nice to see him jump up and, and get involved in the offense because that's, that's something Detroit's been lacking is that offensive defenseman, somebody that can get up in the play and is smart about doing it instead of getting caught deep. They know when to come up and when to stay back. And, and that, this was a great opportunity. He saw the lane open, and you know Larkin saw him streaking to the, to the slot and put it right there, right on his stick, you know, a quick, quick release, and just tucked it through the five hole. It, it was a great goal, and I, but again, you know, I can talk about Nadelkovich all day and how great he played he's inconsistent this year and that's okay he's a young goaltender he's gonna hit his groove he's gonna be okay but at the end of the day the Red Wings only put up 22 shots they had four shots in the first period eight shots in the third period and 10 shots in the second period we're back to yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's one of those things where, you know, they're not controlling the game. Yes, the defense played well this game. Wallman, I thought, had a much better game compared to his last few, and I, I think he could maybe amount to something better than what we see, you know, at face value. But, I mean, only time's going to tell. You know, and a generational player and, like, a, a Moritz Sider is, you know, it's, it's – a you know, once in a, I don't want to say a lifetime because I lived through Nicholas Lidstrom. So, but he's just one of those generational type players. But again, you're letting up 46 shots and only taking 22. Like that's, that's a major, major issue. And you're not going to win games. I mean, this, this was, you got lucky. The wings got lucky in this game as much as I hate to say it. Cause I liked a W as a W, but this was a lucky W because they, they just, you know, 
when you're getting outshot like that, the odds are you're not going to win a, a hockey game. But they found a way to squeak it out. It's good for the young guys. It's nice to see more Sider getting a goal. Um, so it's nice to keep them going. But, you know, the other thing is the Red Wings took a ton of penalties this game. Well, and that's it, something that I know that they've harped on. I mean, again, as a coach, you, you've mentioned it in the last three weeks, how you have to be more disciplined. Why are you taking 80% of the penalties in a game? If you're going to be more disciplined, then you need to focus on that. Well, it, if uh, the only player that really shows up for the game is your goalie, I guess that's, I mean, like, <laughs> that's the player you actually want, I guess. <laughs> well, well, He's yeah, definitely the I, most important. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if you don't get any goals – then what good is a goalie going to do? Well, look at the Predators when they when they had the uh, the Rene Wall. You know they were getting goals and he there he was winning shutouts. But you know that, that's different time. Yeah, it's just it's it's. But I mean, you're not going to win if you, the team doesn't score in front of you. Like everyone is so quick to point at the goalie. Like my son was a goalie. Um, you know, played in high school, and I and I get it. I get it the goalie you want him to make that big save but it just you know sometimes they're not on where they're just going to be adequate you know every goalie has that but if you're relying and your goalie is the only person that shows up you know that's that's a that's a coaching issue but we're not getting into that right now but yeah why don't you uh you know that's that's pretty much it for detroit so let's let's hear how the preds did and do i have to well, if I have to, you have to. It was an it was an ugly uh, four games. Um, actually, I before I, was, I don't know if I was before we get into that, uh, you were uh, you're pretty you predicted they would beat uh, your two yeah, and one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you predicted Columbus, Ottawa. So yeah, I would say stay away from that because you had them losing to Carolina, and it was actually the total opposite. Yeah, I'll stay off the tables. <laughs> but but uh, well, it started at home against Florida. Um, that was just a pathetic loss. I mean, a blowout loss. Yeah, the Panthers are the best team in the league. But yeah, that just. That was just an ugly game. They weren't even in the game. And then they moved on their one road game in the stretch uh, to play Pittsburgh. Wait, wait, wait. I got to stop you right there, D-Law, because if I'm not mistaken, somebody made a road trip down to Pittsburgh to watch the Predators-Pittsburgh game. Who oh, could that probably, have been, D-Law? Oh, that's probably why they lost. Oh, so who are we blaming? Who do we blame for that one? <laughs> if it's not uh, and a two. Uh, well, Soros was actually sick, but it was a non-COVID illness. Oh, it yeah, a, it was a Riddich game. That's right. <laughs> yeah, big. You know, not, they call him big save, but I call him no save because. So let's just, I, hold on. I, I, really, I, really quick, let's just <laughs> let's just. I want to say something really quick because I think this is awesome. So D Law texts me and says, "Hey, I'm thinking about. I know this is crazy, but I'm thinking about heading down to Pittsburgh tomorrow to watch." The Predators play and I was like dude you got to do it that that would be awesome I mean you get to you know the reason I'm bringing it, it up is because you know before the Predator Predators expansion who did you you know who was who a team that you kind of followed growing up uh, the Penguins right so I think that's pretty neat that 
you know, it's like, hey, you get to go down to the igloo or whatever it's called. It's a PPG Paints Arena now. It's still that? Okay. Yeah. So you get to go down and and see the team in the city that you grew up kind of cheering for playing against the expansion team that you've adopted and, and, and absolutely love and adore. So, I mean, I thought that was pretty awesome that you got the opportunity to do that. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. Recap. Yeah, that, it was also a TNT game. Um, I actually didn't didn't see any TNT announcers, thank God. I don't even know who was on the bench. I could tell there was somebody in between benches because my I was actually uh, – I actually I, I had a standing room only ticket, but I chose that. There was a lot. I was surprised. There was a lot of empty seats. Um, but at, it was actually pretty nice. It's at the back of the arena, and – got a little table but um i couldn't quite see who was between the benches yeah it's quite a um, distance but uh the predators actually outplayed the penguins they played really good and and i do have to say riddick played his butt off um but the uh he did he played a good game he played very well that game the predators lost in overtime um it was, I mean, they they outplayed, like I said, they outplayed the pe- the Penguins. Uh, I believe they had uh, the first period, the Predators outshot them 11-3, to but the game was tied 1-1. Um, but it was Crosby that scored. I mean, yeah, like him or hate him, and he scored the overtime winner. I, as soon as he did that, I, I, I jetted. You, but, storm, um, you stormed down the aisle, didn't you? But, ah. Uh, I don't know. Can I go on a little rant here? Because, I mean, the Penguins fans, I don't know. They didn't seem like they used to be like this. But they, they the, were booing every call. I mean, these are obvious tripping penalties, obvious interference calls. Even, I mean, even penalties, you know, the Predators took a penalty. I'm like, yeah, that was a penalty. And, I mean, even clean hits, they'd boo clean hits. And then what really teed me off, um, at the end, the, the, the... Bunch of jerks. At the, end of the, at, the, at the end of the second period, this cheap shot Malkin just hauls... I mean, and this was right at the end of the... Uh, at, at the end of the period, that that horn actually went off. So we're we're at the end, officially at the end of the second period. He hauls off and cross checks Borowicci in the face, in the head. Now Borowicci had left the game. He didn't return uh, either. He never returned. Well, because he had dental work. He had like <laughs> he had like three, four broken teeth in his mouth. Yeah, apparently and, Malkin didn't like his smile or something. Well, they gave Borowitzki a, a slashing, but Borowitzki's stick was laid on the ice. I don't know, maybe it happened before yeah, you know, were, the penalty were, was over. That's what they were calling. They were calling the before penalty because, you but, know, you get into those little tussles, you know, pushing that, and shoving. He gave I, a little that, tap to the back of the, the leg, and Malkin decided to go absolutely bananas. But the slash had to happen before the period was over. Because the the time expired and then then, then cross checked him in the head and that that is 
that goes there, back there's, to the there's too much there's too much of this going on in these nails and so and he's, then he's, he's protected do you do you feel that way that he's one of those like protected uh, uh, stars that gets away with a lot on the ice oh d- he's a definitely player. and i mean they gave melkin a four minute double minor which i i mean i he probably he, i think he should have got a match penalty but he got a double minor i mean it was definitely a penalty but the you moron booed the call i mean i'm standing there watching i'm like you moron are booing this four-minute double minor he cross-checked the guy in the head yeah the guy was literally spitting his chiclets out that's not an uh, endorsement by the way for the podcast that's just the, the, the term the the uh, the penguins fans are a, yeah and yeah. i need to comment really quick not to keep interrupting you and i promise i'll shut my mouth here but do you remember about three weeks ago when the red wings lost brutally 11 to 2 against pittsburgh I, and do you remember yeah, when, they, when I, I brought it up and I said, oh, it was 8-2, to two, and I forget who got hurt. I'd have to go back and, and read my notes. Um, but I think it was Wallman, not Wallman. Somebody got hurt, like legitimately injured. It, they got checked into the boards. It was like a legitimate injury. And the fans were booing it because they thought that it was disrupting the play because Pittsburgh had control, and they blew the whistle because there was a defenseless player on the ice. So it was a good whistle, but these morons or jerks, whatever you want to call them, were booing an injured player. Like, how classless do you have to be? And apparently that continued right through to the Predators game. Now my rant's uh, over. So yeah, you, well, you I... Spotlight back. I, I'm wondering if... It, I, it's, I know every fan base does boo calls, but, I mean, they just seem like they just went over the top. Yeah, you boo some you boo some calls. I mean, obviously the game's going to go back and forth. If if it's obvious that a team, you know, gets a penalty and it's not called, and then your team does the exact same thing and gets the penalty, yeah, you tend to get a little heated and you boo a little bit more. But obvious obvious penalties. I mean, I I I, I have to admit, I once in a while I will boo, and then I, you know, call and I'll be like, and then if I'll see it again, I'll be like. Oh yeah, I guess that was a penalty. Um, but yeah, I, and then I, I don't know if I really want to get into it right now, but uh, Melkin did get a four-game suspension for it. Um, I, As he should have. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, I said three uh, to five because he does have a history. I know it's been two years since he's been suspended, but technically he has a history. It's not a long history. It's not a you know, it's it's not a Tom Wilson history, but Malkin has a history of getting suspended and having questionable plays on the ice. I mean, this is not the first time this something like this has happened. Four games, four game to me for this for this, uh, and it goes it, I th- it goes by the infraction. Four games to me is for this incident is a slap on the hand. Um, I don't even know if he got fined. But, Can you imagine uh, if they took the rules and they made it like almost like a Hammurabi's code? So if Horwichi's uh, out the rest of the game, Malkin's out the rest of the game. Yeah, you get four games yeah. per tooth. You know, Burrow, yeah, Borowitchi did to come back in the next game, but um, but you know, it, it, and it comes down to the NHL being said. You know, I I, I don't want to compare the NHL with youth hockey, but in youth hockey, any any head contact is an automatic game. And and a suspension 
at and least goes, at least one or two games. And it goes to review to USA Hockey. So if the NHL and I don't know the, the NHL keeps saying they want to get rid of the high hits, the head hits, but they're not serious if they only give. Him, I mean, did he get star treatment? For that, I mean, four game suspension for, uh, and this was not even during the play. This was after the whistle. This was in between after the period was over, and it's definitely, you know, it. I don't want to say I don't. I'm not gonna say it was premeditated. I mean, it, you know, it's a heat of no, the moment thing. No, you can't. It was. But um, but it's still so a, a play that is truly avoidable. So if the NHL wants to seriously, and I don't care if he's a star. If this was uh, Tom Wilson, uh, even though Tom Wilson's a star, sort of, but um, let's say Nick Ritchie did the same thing, how many would he have gotten? I bet you he would have got at least six or seven. You know, I hate the rat. I hate him more than anything, almost as much as I, I hate Well, no, I hate the rat pretty much more than anybody. But Jack if, Edwards. If Well, yeah, same, same thing. They're on top of each other all the time. But – if Marshan does this exact same thing, as much as I hate him, he's getting 10 games. I mean, yes, his rap sheet is a lot longer, but that infraction is going to get um, Marsh Marshan 10 games. Yeah, so uh, I, I kind of hijacked my uh, no, my game right. here. It's but but, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, I, I did have a good time at the game, and it was fun. How were the, the fans? How were the fans? Like besides them booing everything, because you're obviously s- sitting there in either a Predator's jersey or a Predator's hoodie, so you're obviously in te- enemy territory. How how were the fans to you? That always jer- interests me. Actually, um, they were actually pretty cool. But I, I mean, I, I had my Predator's in there. There was other. I did see other other Predators fans in there. Sure. Um, so what, which is a nice thing, um, you know, it, more and more you're seeing more prayers fans in, in other teams' buildings. But yeah, that, they're, they, they're starting to build that identity. It, it was kind of funny because um, uh, the Predators had scored, and then uh, one of the guys, he, uh, one, I, if he's a fan or, or uh, I, I didn't really uh, look at him. Uh, but he, you know, he, he kind of walked away and he said, uh, no, I don't remember what he said, but he said something to the effect of, um, oh, I, I don't even remember anymore, but that was kind of funny. I'm like, oh, it was a good goal. I, I, that's what I said back. And <laughs> kinda, but yeah, but I mean, it was like, they're, they're, they're definitely not Philadelphia, Boston type fans, even though they are. Because they boo every damn call that is made, um, so. But anyway, moving on. I mean, it, it was a good game, and they 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 outplayed the Penguins. I mean, was that a, was a really played, really good well. defensive style game, really road game. But the next game is oh my god, I'm amazing! This. I... They were they returned home. To play San Jose, and San Jose is out of the playoffs and have been for a while. But this, this I'm sitting there watching the game at home, and I'm like, this is playoff style hockey. This this has a playoff feel it, it, for both teams. 
even though the Predators were, I mean, they were just all over them. Yeah, this this game I watched almost in its entirety, and I was I was on the edge of my seat and even standing at times watching this game. Like it was so back and forth, and it was a goalie clinic throughout the entire thing. It was just it was absolutely incredible to watch this game but i'll let you recap it and, and there was a couple fights borowitz she came back in this after and he he was still he, in fact he still had uh uh dental work he was going on he he had, like i said uh he had like three or four broken teeth in his mouth from the uh cross check um and uh but he was back to play this game and and he actually had to go back to dentist the next day but he just absolutely I could kick your ass. Um, against uh, really it was against uh, Veal V V I E L for the Sharks. Yep. Um, he just absolutely smoked him. I mean, he just and this is a guy that just got cross-checked in miles and lost teeth, and he's out there fighting in the next game. Yeah, he's, he's that, that, that just tells like you him. what hockey hockey players are, and then, um, but they, uh, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, I just, I just called the, the, um, the, the, the Penguins fans, but um, I kind of went off a little bit sitting at home watching it. They called Borowski for four minutes for that, and. Oh, uh, actually, that was uh, that was after the fight, after he came back out of the box, because um, uh, Hurdle uh, Hurdle tackled Borowski. Yeah, it was right after they came out of the box for the uh, fighting majors. Um, uh, Hurdle uh, he actually tackled Borowski. He got two minutes, and they gave Borowski four. So I don't understand that call. Um, and uh, another side note, Mike Fisher was in the building to watch this game. Fish. And they had a little, uh, little, little I don't want to say tribute, but they, they showed him up on the big board. Um, but uh, Joe Hansen is on a, on a mission. He's uh, entering this game. He had uh, seven points in his last five games. And he, <clears throat> he scored... Uh, he scored the one goal. They won one to nothing, but it was just for a one nothing game. Everybody's like, "Oh, that's boring, one nothing." But, but it was not. It was totally. I mean, it was like, like I said, I was edge, edge on your the seat. edge of my seat. Yeah, that was a fun game. Uh, even though I mean, they they did the the Predators do have to uh, tighten up the defense because they they did have some uh, defensive breakdowns and led to breakaways, but. Uh, um, Saros was back in net for this game uh, as he was out uh, with an illness that missed the Penguins game. Um, and then uh, Cousins and and Malash uh, started to fight, but the rest jumped right in and broke him up, which I, you know, just let him go. Let, let him fight. I mean, they, they were both engaged. They were, they, you know, they know they were both going to fight, and the rest, the linemen stepped in. I mean, I, I could understand stepping in if some guy's got an unfair advantage, or one guy really doesn't want to fight, or there's a, you know, a mismatch. Uh, but these two were, were going to go at it. Yeah, and mark my words, 
if the NHL takes fighting out of the game, the fan base is going to drop drastically. Uh, yeah. Like, have you ever, and I know the answer to this, been in the crowd when a good, you know, a couple of, you know, we'll say two, two pairs of people are fighting on the ice. Not just a fight, but like a couple of people on the same line going at it. It's electric. Everybody stands up. Everybody's cheering. I mean, it's like the Coliseum back in in Rome. Like people enjoy this. That's part of the game. Like, yeah. You took a cheap shot at my guy. You're answering the bell, and the crowd loves it. As much as I hate to admit it, fighting does sell. And I mean. I... I'm not a fan, but I, I I like you know that's a good a good fight. I don't want to see like five six fights unless something you know unless you have the the turtle incident. Yeah, that's but a you know story. that that's different. But you know, a one, of fights one or two fights, especially in a playoff atmosphere yeah, like this, was absolutely. There, there's nothing wrong with that. And then, and then and then also well you know it goes back to the enforcer uh uh story you know, uh, storyline um you know it it, it, it tends to keep pe- people some taking liberties on other players or star players cuz like oh Again, he's they're going to fight if there was a Bob Probert type player in the NHL right now Brad Marchand would not be Brad Marchand he might still I mean he's a very skilled player but you wouldn't be reading about Marshan doing stupid things, licking faces, you know, slew footing people, elbowing when they come in to check them. Like you wouldn't be reading about all these stories because you'd have like, again, I've said this in multiple podcasts. If Bob Probert lines up against you when Bob Probert hasn't been lining up against you all night, you better watch out. And that means something bad is about to happen. So, again, Brad Marchand, Slewfoot's Nicholas Cronwell back in the day, or knees him, I'm sorry, knee to knee and on his bad knee that he had surgery on. Along the blue line, completely out of the play, linesmen and refs were looking down the ice, into the zone, totally missed it. That's the type of play where the next time Marchand's line is about to go out, you're going to hold back one of the guys and Bob Probert's going to take that spot. So now you know, like, you done messed up. So I think that there's definitely a place for it. If you want to eliminate the head injuries in this game, then you need to bring back the enforcers. I'm sorry. And, and, not, disagree. And, and not just the head injuries, the head contacts, the head hits. Because, I mean, he might not get injured on a hit, but, you know, with concussions nowadays – yeah, you know, well, down, 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 that. down the road. You know, that that could that could create problems uh, down the road. But yeah, of course, of course, it will. And again, like I said, if if any of our listeners don't believe me, watch watch the movie Ice Guardians, and I believe it's like twenty or thirty percent of an increase of head injuries since the enforcers have been taken out of the game. And it goes back to your point, where you are one hundred percent correct players are just taking liberties on other players because they're going to get a $4,000 or $5,000 fine and then they're going to have to, you know, maybe miss a game depending on their history and, you know, I just feel like like the uh, 
the player yeah. safety committee, I, I feel they've kind of dropped the ball this year. I think they've let some questionable things go and called some things that probably shouldn't have been penalized so hard, you know, called them big penalties. And I, I just think that I, I think that they need to be more consistent, and do a better job in the player safety, in the player safety committee and make sure that players are actually doing what they're supposed to in terms of not headhunting, you know, their opponents. And a four or five thousand dollar fine is nothing because they they make making, way more than that in a, in a game. It's like that. That's like that's like a shift worth of good money. Yeah. When you're making but, when you're making five million, ten million a year, some of these players, yeah, four thousand dollars would be like me going to my wallet and grabbing two bucks and hand handing that over. But back to the back to the San Jose game, it was a zero zero game. Uh, we, at, we actually uh, thought Forsberg uh, scored a goal, but oh, Mario, they uh, th- they had to review it, and it was call it was offside. So they you know and, and they, they 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 made the right call. It was uh, it was offside. It was barely, but it was offside. And of course, they played the. Uh, the let it be, which uh, other teams are now starting to use. Yep. <laughs> um, but then uh, this game actually it was an overtime uh, when uh, J- Joe Hansen scored the goal in overtime, so that made it even more exciting. Um, but then uh, you know coming out this great game, great one nothing game. We thought, oh yeah, I got to build on this. Got Edmonton coming into the building, and then. They just they, didn't show up. They didn't show up. They were flat. Uh, led to another pathetic loss, four nothing. So, yeah, and bits and pieces that game. I, uh, I thought the same thing that they were, they were just on their heels the entire. I, I can't say the entire game because I didn't watch the entire game, but all the stuff that I watched, they they were definitely on their heels the entire time. Luckily, I was actually playing. Uh, actually, I got to play two games last night instead of watching. So I it's actually, you know, probably I didn't score, but I probably played better than the Predators. Yeah, it's fact, okay. uh, fact, I was in fact, I was in the locker room and my getting an update on my watch says one nothing dry sidle. I'm like, oh, here we go. But um, and luckily, you didn't have to worry about it because you played two games. And yeah, uh, the first did game get a, was. Did you get a hat trick. I didn't even score, but I missed well because I keep missing passes. Right there, I must have a hole in my stick. But um, so let me ask I, you this. I, me I, ask I, this. Hold on, I want to ask about your hat trick once more. Oh, that was oh god, when was that? Twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. I don't remember what year it was. It was in it was in July or August. So, you know, a lot of these you know pecker heads that are you know, C league that have buddies that play down and like a never, ever program, you know, so you're out there skating with guys that have never skated or or guys that just can't, you know, they're just, you know, adequate. Like they're a good beer league, fun, low level player. Um, You know, we've played with guys that are, that look way better than they should be, but then as soon as they move up, they get destroyed. Um, but then you just have those guys that come in and just control the entire game, like complete peckers, and it ruins it for everybody. But with that being said, like average guys, like I'm not trying to say that you're, you suck, 
I do. But, but but being an average, like just we're average players. Like you're better than me. I I admit that. I don't know about that. No, I I, I never had four goals in a game like you do. Yeah, but it was just dumb in your second game, right, right place, right time, kind of a thing. And I couldn't quite get out of my own way, and I was stuck in front of the goalie, so it just it worked out well. But what I mean is, it's it's still you know for us average Joes at everything we do, you know it's still pretty tough to get it to get a, a hat trick in a game. So that was my only one. <laughs> I want a hat trick. Same one as, uh, like, I touched on it last you episode. You have three goals and you took two shots because that's how you play. Well, I, not, I, <laughs> I wish I was that good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that's awesome. You know what it is? Two, you get the hat two trick. Bra- yeah, well, two breakaways, but one was, I don't know if you really call it breakaway because I was coming down the wing near the boards, and then I kind of cut in towards the goal line. Well, not to the goal line, but. You gave so, me a Patrick know. Kane impression and put it right where it needed to be. Top shelf where Mama is the No, it, it definitely wasn't top shelf. So Man, you're good. You're scary good. So so um I I I know it, uh, after your recap it said not to bat, so I don't think I should be batting anytime <laughs> soon because I was uh what was I? See I thought I I, I had picked to win Pittsburgh, I picked to win San Jose, and I well, I did pick a loss to Edmonton. So actually, I was two for three. I did, yeah, I did and, pick the San Jose win. And they're and they're just, I don't know. That's okay. That's all right. Because but, we're not irrelevant. You know, we we broadcast good content. We just suck it at gambling. <laughs> well. Uh, but you want to move into uh, so uh, the yeah the this moves us into the playoffs. It's playoff race update. It's really heating up. Um, Not for the wings. Uh, yeah, well they the, they're the, gone. The, they're gone. Let Let's talk about the West first because the West is a lot more competitive. A lot more. There's still teams are fighting. I mean, the only team for that's two spots. Is Colorado. Yeah. Um, God, um, 14 points. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, you know Minnesota and St. Louis are in a battle for their to second seed, which is basically home as advantage. So I mean that that's that is going to be huge for the playoffs between Minnesota and St. Louis. Now let's you know before we head back Colorado, into them, did they clinch the president's trophy yet? Uh, not yet because Florida is right on their heels with 110 points and 112. They won tonight. Yeah, uh, 112. So they yep 112. I just yeah just got the uh, update now. So 112 points. So they're they're chasing Colorado for the um for the jinx. I hope, um, I hope I hope Colorado wins the President's Trophy. Well, I was watching Florida a little bit earlier, and they are good, scary good. I mean, they were just. I mean, yeah, they're playing Winnipeg, but I mean, they're just. Uh, I mean, they had two goals disallowed, um, rightly so. Um, but let you know, let's break down the Minnesota St. Louis because it looks like they're. Uh, going to finish second and third in the division. So that means they would play each other in the first round. So they're basically uh, fighting for home-wise advantage. They're both tied with 98 points. 
And that is going to – I think that the, the playoff series between those two will come down probably a seventh game. So it's going to come down to home ice. And those two fan bases are, uh, you know – Bad. Really, Insane. They're, they're, they're really – I mean, they're, they're – they're, they're, Passionate. They, they, they love, yeah, passionate. You took the words right out of my mouth. So, Minnesota, St. Louis. <sighs> I, I don't know who I would pick. I mean, I guess it all depends on game one, game two, maybe, and, and where 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 it is. Um, I'm still not sold on Flurry, but Minnesota's got a decent team. But I I don't know. I I think I would go with St. Louis. Think so? Um, the, they're they're starting to kick it up uh, lately, um, and, and they um, yeah they they uh, they they've had some playoff uh, woes, but they've had some playoff successes lately, um, and, and I think they're hungry again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, only time will tell. I mean, there's still a few games left. There's still some jockeying to be done, and you know, each week we'll definitely report more and more on, you know, what's what's going on and any changes. But are you good? Can we move over to the East? And uh, that's the Pacific Division. You got Calgary leading that one. They pretty much going to take that one. And then Edmonton. I don't know. Whole, they're they're, right they're, whole, they're they're well. They got ninety two points. Um, I don't know. They've they got they've played seventy five games, so I don't know if they can, they got enough time to catch Calgary. Yeah, that's true. But then you got L A. So it looks like Edmonton's gonna hold on to the second spot. So be Edmonton L A. Uh, Edmonton with eighty eight points. Uh, is Vegas in the Pacific? Uh, Vegas is in the Pacific, right? So they got they're right on the heels of L A. So Vegas might push into that third spot too. Um. So I don't know Edmonton. So they don't really know who they're gonna play. Could be L.A. or Vegas. Uh, yep. Vancouver. Don't count Vancouver. I mean, they're they're pretty much you know. The they they played seventy five games. They got eighty four points. So I mean, they they just had a big win the other day. But then in the wild card, you got Nashville, Dallas, tied with eighty nine, and then Vegas there uh, eighty seven, looking to sneak in. And then you got to worry about L.A. If Vegas can overtake L.A. and move into third, and then that'll push L.A. down in the wild card. So I mean, so does Nashville have more wins over? They have forty-two wins. Uh, no, LA's got Dallas and Nashville. So I'm guessing the tiebreaker. Uh, tiebreaker. Uh, Nashville has a tiebreaker. So they've won over. <laughs> that the head to head. Right. Um, okay. I believe that's the next tiebreaker. Um. The next tiebreaker goes to uh, the uh, uh, yeah the row column, and then the um, the great the greater number of games won by the club in any manner, and then and then the greater number of points against each team. So like it it does basically go to head to head. So anyway, uh, Nashville has five. Uh, Five home games left and three road games. So, uh, but they got some tough games coming up. But, um, but yeah. The, so the wild card race is heating up big time in the West. Um, it's a little bit more clear cut in the East. Yeah, the East is pretty competitive. Uh, or I shouldn't say competitive. When I say competitive, I mean everybody's already clinched and they're competing with each other for positioning. 
Um, but you have, um, let me see here. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six teams clinched. They're just fighting for wild cards at this point. So you've got Florida taking the lead in the Atlantic. You've got Toronto and Tampa Bay who have each clinched. Uh, 112 points for Florida, 102 for Toronto, and 98 for Tampa Bay. Um, then in the Metro, you've got Carolina, New York Rangers, and Pittsburgh um, with 104, 102, and 97. Um, so that know, division's not locked down yet. Well, it says that they've all clinched, so I guess there's nobody. Well, there. as they, far as they, they could at least drop a wild card. As far as not. as far as a division winner. Yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, it doesn't even matter because. You've got the Islanders who have 79 points and, and, you know, the next closest to them would be Washington with 92. So yeah, the East is a little bit weaker right now, but yeah, you've got Florida, Toronto, Tampa, Carolina, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, Boston, Washington, who are probably going to be um, representing the Eastern conference. Um, I I have to stick with um, Florida, obviously, and, um, Carolina, you know, those two teams you can never count. I mean, none of these teams you can count out because they've, they're all, I mean, even Boston, like they can come from a wild card and even make their way into the Stanley cup finals. I mean, they've done it almost two, two, three years in a row. Like, so yeah, you can't count anybody out. It's just a little bit more decided on the, on the Eastern side of, uh, the, the division. So yeah, it'll be exciting to see what happens down the road. I'm sure that it's going to be Boston, Washington will be clinching here soon. But you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? And and the Rangers could actually take the division. They could. I don't see it. They're, they well, could. they're they're just two points behind, and they've got the same amount of games. So you know, they're... it'll be exciting to keep track of. That's for but sure. I was kind of hoping Pitcher would drop in the wild card, but I don't see that Boston's in the Boston is in the Atlantic, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm still. And then Washington's too far behind Pittsburgh. And I'm still. But they did they they do have two games in hand. Washington does. I'm still I'm still taking. I don't care. So what actually, says, I don't care what anybody says. I'm still taking um, Minnesota and Florida for the Cup Finals. Actually, uh, actually, Washington can catch Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah, they're uh, five points behind, but. They got those two games in hand. <clears throat> if they can win those two games, they played 74, Pittsburgh's played 76. Yeah. So, I mean, Pittsburgh could drop the wild card, um, which, I mean, after last week, I'm kind of root for that. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but hey, on the Wings news front, are you ready to move over to some news? Yeah, it, you know, is it – I, let's. I want a, your opinion. I want to dive into this a little bit because there's not much going on, between, you know, in the Red Wings world. You know, obviously there's some coaching changes that are going to take place in the off season. Um, you know, you have some young guys like Edvinson that's going to be coming up playing for the Red Wings. You know, they've got Casa coming up the ranks, who's going to be a, a solid number two goalie when he's developed. I mean, they've got some good guys coming up. It's going to be exciting to see what they can have. Their their talent pool is deep with Eiserman. But he makes a questionable, you know, signing today. Or not today. I think it was yesterday. They pick up Magnus Helberg. And nobody under, nobody knows why. 
Nobody <laughs> knows why. I mean, uh, even Blasio was like, we don't know what we're going to do with him yet, but he's skating with the team. And the dude just went out and bought a, a sweet – I mean, I think they're a sweet <laughs> pair of pads. And maybe, maybe, I, maybe they want another bunting. They, <laughs> they could. They could. I mean, technically, he's a 31-year-old rookie. Well, he's only played four NHL games, 111 minutes, so. <laughs> but, and, I mean. But here's I, the thing. Here's the thing, though. Nobody understands why. So I've been trying to understand this. I've been trying to I read somewhere that. I read somewhere that it was for the Griffins. I know, but that's not correct. And that's why, you know, I'm going to bring up this comment, which you, you are going to bash, but I'm going to support it in a way. But. That he was getting grilled, like, where are you going to be playing? Well, I'm going to be playing for the Red Wings. Okay, well, are you sure you're going to be playing with the Red Wings? Are you going to go to the AHL? And he goes, well, the, the AHL is not relevant to me. And he goes on and just, that was it. Be a and, moron. I know, and I know that you took it as, <laughs> I'm too good for the AHL. But that's <laughs> NHL's not relevant. He's played four NHL games. You <laughs> I, mean, I, I know, but where, you're not understanding this. Like, you're trying to go off on a rant right now, and it's not going to work for you because I think his comment is, is meaning this, that I was signed, I was told, I have agreed to terms with the Detroit Red Wings, not the discussion of getting signed by the Red Wings to go down and help with the goalie issues in Grand Rapids. Now, mind you, the way Steve Eiserman works, he probably took a dog turd and made it look like chocolate cake. So is that Eiserman so that tell <laughs> nobody knows what he's doing? He's like, he's no, only telling out. No, what I mean is is what I think is happening is I think I think you're gonna see this guy maybe play a game in Detroit and go down to help the Griffins with theirs because um Picard is out. He got injured, so he's he has an undisclosed injury that they're trying to Address right like now. So, so they've got goalie concerns down there. Sounds like Vegas. But, but he's, but <laughs> after his comments and what he told the media that, that like the AHL isn't relevant to me, I'm playing for the Red Wings. So, why? I mean, he skated in New York today. He's skating. They're playing the Rangers and he's, he's taking skate, skates with them. So, <laughs> I don't understand it. And then after the skate, Blashill says, yeah, I don't know how we're going to work him in. Oh, boy. Like, so it's just the most bizarre thing. Like, nobody understands why he was brought in. But what I think is going to happen, he's going to bring this guy in, sell him on playing with the Red Wings. I mean, they're only paying him $800,000. He's getting, like, the league minimum. And then they're still going to ship him off to the AHL. I think it was just a ploy to get him to come over from Sweden because I know – They've been trying to sign him for like three weeks, but there were visa issues and passport issues that held up the process. And now he just randomly shows up in Detroit. And it's like, hey, I'm ready to play. And they're like, who are you? Either that or he did uh, got an awful good poker face. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, I mean, fake it till you make it, I guess. But So Detroit has a 31-year-old rookie who is – Ready to just go whenever he's told to. And uh, interesting side note: he is a former predator who was actually drafted by the Predators. He was, I believe, it was in second the second round, round yeah. number thirty-eight. And so somebody uh, thought highly of him at some point. Yeah, but he only played one game, twelve minutes. Well, you gotta also remember one goal against. 
you have to remember, look at who he was playing behind. And number two, it takes goalies a lot longer to progress. So, yeah, I mean, you cut him early, and he's just kind of been bounced around. I feel like goalies kind of get the, the short end of the stick almost every single time they play because, you know, it's always a goalie. Look at Toronto. I mean, they've run how many goalies out? Those fans are idiots. But, yeah, you just got to gotta give these guys time, and, you know, it's it's hard because it's not every day you get a Martin Brodeur or a, you know, it's just you don't see like a Patrick Waugh. They're saying that that what's his name Spencer Knight for Boston, is that who he plays for? Oh no, that's Swayman, Jeremy Swayman. They're saying that he's going to be pretty good. So, I mean, you just you don't know. You just have to give it time and and see what happens. But I don't know. Getting back to Magnus, it's just kind of a bizarre scenario. I don't know what's going on. I don't see the point in it unless it's to rattle the cages with Grice to say, listen, you better have a stellar rest of this year or you're not going to suit up with us. Yeah, maybe and I'm not. A, maybe it's just a mental, maybe it's just a mental um, test for Grice that, hey, there's three of you here and only two of you are going to dress. So it's going to either be Magnus or Grice. So let uh, them let them battle it out. And I'm not even sure how he even got that. Well, he only played 12 minutes, so he was probably in relief. But, I mean, that year... Uh, the Predators had Rene Mazinac, uh, who really, he, Mazinac, um, he really, he was one of those prospects that never panned out as well, and, and Carter Houghton at the time. So I'm wondering if um, uh, maybe Pecker Rene was injured that game and Carter Hunt started and gave up like like he usually does, a lot of goals. So they put this Halberd guy that was backing him up for that game. <laughs> that's the only thing I could think of because he only played 12 minutes with the Predators and then he went off to Milwaukee. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, speaking of Milwaukee. I was going to say, you guys signed somebody, right? Uh, yeah, uh, just a young kid, Adam Willsby. Uh, he was uh, – he's a defenseman. He played in the Swedish Hockey League. That's a good he, league. What he was – Fralunda? Uh, not sure. I didn't look that up. Uh, but they set out a two a two year entry level contract. I thought they were three. Um, not sure of that. But he was he was a fourth round pick in twenty twenty. Uh, but his I mean he is a defenseman. His stats aren't all that good in Sweden. Fifty one games. He got seventeen points, four goals, thirteen assists. So it's okay. uh, that's you know it's I'm sure. Sure, he'll be in Milwaukee probably, or maybe he'll to keep they'll keep him in Sweden. Yeah, but the one thing that I want to bring up in that Iserman does this all the time, and I think, you know, this is what made Tampa Bay so great is you have to get these guys skating. Like you need to keep them on the ice because if they're not on the ice, they're not developing. Like you can work out, you can run, you can do you know skills and drills, but where you really gain the the abilities and to take your game to the next level is by practicing and playing games so just for an example like when detroit was on the all-star break there were like four guys at the red wings who were regulars on the red wings roster were sent down to grand rapids you know why to keep their feet going eiserman told um both cider a couple years ago as well as um lucas raymond Hey, you're going to play in Sweden. 
you're not going to do this like half year off half you know you're going to play and you're going to play as much as you can so that you will develop we're going to keep you on the ice so yeah i think taking this willoughby kid and putting him down to um willsby willsby but taking him and, and letting him play in the hl for a while let him develop if he's not ready to play up in the nhl let him develop so yeah, give him the ice time. He'll 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 be all right. So that moves us into some NHL news. Lots lots of interesting news. Um, Lars Eller uh, added again. Although is this maybe a reputation call? He got a cross-checking penalty. Um, but he I don't I don't remember who it was on. Um, but I, I was watching the game and. He hardly touched the guy, and that guy hit the deck. At least, at least in my opinion, you're seeing that a lot um, lately. And, and I don't know Larkin, if it's because Larkin of Eller. Things pretty good too, and the guys just know how to sell it now. And you know, they're not, the NHL's not calling enough embellishment. But Eller did not get fined or suspended on that cross check. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, see it, it, it wasn't. It, it was a cross check, but he hardly touched him. It wasn't like a Jay Beagle thing. Right. And uh, also in that game, what was, what was that? That game was the next game. But uh, uh, what is it, Brian Boyle? Boyle? Yeah, it is Brian Boyle. Um, I forgot what team he plays on. Yeah, he he's, scored from the goal line. He scored for a goal line off the crossbar. Hit the crossbar. He's on the goal line. No, no uh no angle, hit the cross. I don't know what the goalie was doing. He should have had that sealed off. Yeah, those, um, are, those are rare, and, but they're becoming more... And then just a couple of days, uh, the couple, uh, the day before yesterday, I believe it was, Patrick Lane, or maybe, yeah, it was uh, Wednesday night, I believe it was, um, Patrick Lane scored a goal from the goal line. Uh, this was actually a little bit... It, he actually had a, a, a wide, like, I don't know what the goalie was doing. It was, he actually had a lot of nets to shoot for him. But he was on the goal line again, and I think there was another one too. But I'm wondering, you know, maybe, you know, we're talking about the Michigan goal. Um, I'm wondering if players are starting to take shots. I mean, because – I, I, I think that's two different skills. I don't think you're going to see it replace it. I don't think you're going to see it. You know, I, I think they both have their own – spot for a skill play i mean not everybody can score from the goal line not everybody has that sniping ability to tuck it in that little you know it is hard i mean i six inch by six inch gap that the goalie leaves you to put a puck there is is very ridiculous i mean yeah it it is hard i mean i i I, even without a goalie in the net i mean i i i practice that um i I do it from both sides, but the one side I, you know, I'm located shot, so the one side is a little bit tougher. Um, but the one side I I can do it, um, especially out the post. Uh, so I haven't when I, when I haven't tried out the crossbar, like but um, obviously there's no goalie in there, so it's even harder. Although I did score one a few years ago uh, off the goalie and in from the goal line. Actually, twice in that game. Yeah, but I've had um, a I've but had yeah, like that, that, that is that that is that is a tough uh, that is a tough shot to, to do. But and it kind of reminds me back uh, in the uh, the old wings. Uh, I'd like to 
like nineties wings when they would shoot from anywhere and everywhere. They'd even shoot from their blue their own blue line. Well, you, you realize and, and why score. they would do that. <laughs> it's, a, it's because just, they had the demolition man out front. Like they had a guy who arguably is one of the best all time at standing in front of the crease. And I, I, I not to get off on a tangent, but I think that if Holmstrom played today's game where you can be in the crease, he would have ungodly amounts of goals because he would, you know how many goals he had waved off in his career. I mean, I, I I'm going to try to find that stat, but he's had so many goals waved off because like his behind was over the crease or the heels of his skate were in the crease, not affecting the goalie, not touching the goalie. Just, he was part of his body broke the plane of the crease. So, but yeah, I think that the I don't think you're going to see it replace the Michigan shot. Getting back to the the goal line shot, I think it's a skill shot. I think it's very tough to do, and not many players can do it effectively. Um, but also, it, you have to use a whole nother. It takes a whole nother skill to get that puck on your stick and to be able to carry it. Oh, oh, oh don't forget the uh, the baseball bat goals too. As long as it's below your crossbar. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean those are all but... tough goals. But yeah, I don't think I don't think you'll see that really get replacing it. But um, another thing that that seems to be keep trending is the officiating is still. Uh... Yeah, I can I can I bring up the story I told you tonight, or should I hold uh, off? Uh, go go right ahead. So, watching replays from one of my sources, you know Boston was playing. I forget. I, I don't even remember who the video was. I was just so. I couldn't believe it. I think it might have been, the, it might have been the Panthers actually, but the the puck goes around the the net. So one of the Boston players passes it, tries to pass it around the net to his player, and, and it would have reached his player, but it hit hit the referee's skate like it happens. Now the referee literally stands there with it in his skates, and you've got I believe it was Florida, the Florida players skating up behind the ref the ref looks at him and then kicks the puck in the opposite direction right to this right to the tape of i I think it was mcavoy it's like what the heck just happened like you'll you'll be hearing more about this i'm sure you're going to be hearing about um fines or suspensions for the referee because it was pretty blatant that they were trying to you know assist boston with that play so that's that's a big one that really stood out to me, and I just I, I felt like we had to talk about it because it was. If you haven't seen it yet, folks, definitely go and check it out, because, um, yeah, there's it was it, it's pretty blatant. It's, it was against uh, Ottawa. Ottawa, I knew it was a white team, team that wore like yeah. white and red. Yeah, um, uh, you got a, a rookie watch update. So you've still got. Michael Bunting. Yeah, well, he's. I don't know. I, I still. I still. Points. I think that's irrelevant. I think he's irrelevant because uh, I mean, if you look at, I mean, Trent Janot uh, is still leading with twenty-four goals, but if you look at, uh, well, Raymond actually, Cider. Cider is what he's leading. It. I, I, I'm. He's kind of stealing your your thing. He's got. 40, but, um, he's got forty-one assists, Cider. But it goes, yeah, you've got Michael well, Bunting for Toronto with 59 points. You've got Lucas Raymond with I, 55 points. 
And I think it has to be Raymond because, I mean, he's not leading, but he's second in points. He's third in goal, rookie goals, and he's right there with the assist for 33. And he just turned 20 years old. But then you've got Trevor Zegras after him. And he does more. More at Cider, and you've got Tanner Janot after that. I My honest opinion, and I know this probably doesn't mean anything, I'm going more at Cider and then Tanner Janot. Like, I know these other guys, like Zegras, yeah, his hands are sick. They, they put him on a pedestal at the All-Star game. But I'm going to tell you this, in the long run, even if Trevor Zegras wins it this year, in the long run, I don't think you're going to see him have a long career because people are starting to headhunt this kid because of the Michigan goal, and people have been warning him, like, hey, kid, you better not try that. You know, if you do, we're going to we're gonna pound your head off. Like, people are getting pissed off about it, and I just I think they're going to start taking liberties on him, and I think his game is going to change a little bit. I think he's going to get smacked back down into reality. But when you look at guys like even Lucas Raymond, like, he finds the back of the net. He's a good player. And I'm, and I think he's going to have an extremely great future. But I think the dynamic that Moritz Sider and Tanner Janot, who are both excellent players, and like I said, those are my top two for the Calder. Um, Tanner Janot, he's just an he's an all around tough player. Like he is like a Darren McCarty on steroids. So he he can fight. Am I getting booed on this comment here? Uh, that they're cheering. Oh, that's a cheering. Okay. You want to hear boo? No. Oh yeah, no. We'll go with the cheering. <laughs> but I think Jano is a Darren McCarty on steroids. He can. He has a better scoring potential. He's tough. He's physical. He fights like he brings a different dynamic to the game than a Moritz Sider. So a Moritz Sider is more calm. He's more composed. He doesn't smile. He doesn't laugh. He doesn't frown. He doesn't cry. He doesn't pout. He is composed. He can play offense. He can play defense. He knows when to pass. He knows how to pass. I mean, this this twenty year old kid is making, you know, seventy mile an hour, seventy mile an hour bank passes that are like fake shots just because he knows where the puck is going to bounce. I mean, the kid just uses his head. He's a smart, smart dude. So yeah, and right. I just think that that Cider and Janot are my top two for. I think they bring a more all-around game than any of the other three ahead of them. Raymond is. I mean, he's not lead. Like I said, he's not leading, but he's up there at all, up in the top five at all three of them. Yeah, uh, at least second, and 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 he's also he's also he doesn't fight, but he does uh, a lot more than you know. He he he's got a he's, good he's more of an all all, all around. He can get lazy, but he's got a decent back check. He's not afraid to throw the body a little bit, and that's really picked up in the last couple of weeks here. Uh, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the, if the Wings uh, would score more, he'd have more assists. Because I mean, he's already up there in assists, but he'd probably have a few more assists. Because I'm sure there's some some uh, some goals that or some shots that the Wings uh, should have had and. Did either shot it wider to go away to save, or you know, just because they couldn't score. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think that you'll see. Um, I think you'll see Raymond really excel in the next few years, as a he gets used to the the speed, the pace, and the travel 
of um of the nhl but then at the same time like he's going to have different guys around him like ozzy said it the other night this these are not the guys you're going to see in the next three years you are going to see a lot of guys come in and come out um you know and and one other guy that i really got to give a shout out to that i think is really making his case to be on the wings and to play is michael rasmussen the kid's playing tough hockey. He's not afraid to get mix it up. Like he's he's playing really really well right now. You know he's, you know I think he's really making a case for himself staying on this roster. And even even Sedina, I think he's he needs to get out of his head. He's he's playing the pass to or the shot first all the time. He missed Bertuzzi on a wide open side. Um, you know, if if he can just get out of his own head, the kid's motor never stops. He reminds me a lot of a uh, Thomas Tatar with, with a little bit more tenacity. You know, every time I hear his name, or see, you know, hear him you talk about Rasmussen, I always, for some reason, I, I, I'm probably going back, uh, you know, to the 90s. But I think of Eric Rasmussen. I know they're not related. They're probably not even from the same country. But it's just like they're they're – basically spelled the same it just i they might i don't even know if they're in the same style but it just it's just weird that i you know just because the name's the name but that's just yeah and rasmussen, something dumb and i think rasmussen <laughs> will actually be be a much better um you know like we talk about mantha being that big power forward that's not afraid to mix it up well little do people know neither is rasmussen like he's not afraid to you know, he's not afraid to mix things up. He's not afraid to get gritty. He's not afraid to get dirty. Um, and like I said, he's he's a big boy. Like, hit somebody. Yeah. <laughs> he's, not a- he, he, he's not afraid to get into, you know, into the rough stuff. And, and I think that's important. Um, you know, so we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I still think we'll follow him. I, I think he, if he has a good camp, I think he's going to make a case for himself to stay there. I mean, he's a six, six, 210 pound forward. Like he's a big boy. And I think he fills that gap of, of Mantha doesn't have the sure hands yet, but I think, I think he's trending in that direction. So we'll see. I think that's a guy to really, to really watch. Yeah. And, uh, how about the NHL Winter Classic? Uh, uh, returning to probably their favorite city, um, uh, Boston. It's going back to Fenway, and oh, they'll be playing the Penguins, the Bruins and the Penguins. So, and and I mean, I just think the NHL is going overboard. I, I, it's just. You're so pathetic. Uh, and, and not, I mean, it's the Winter Classic. It's always been on January one, and they it's going to be on January second. And January second is a Monday, and January first is a Sunday. I don't know if it's got anything to do with football because football is probably playing, you know, at that time. But uh, yeah, yeah. The other thing I don't like about that, but but it, it's the same teams. That. It's going back to Fenway. It Boston, is. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's got what five winter classics now? Yeah, it will Boston be. has a bunch. I think Detroit and, has two. Well, one one was a winter. And, no, Detroit and, has one winter classic, and they've got a couple of just outdoor stadium series games. So yeah, I, and, I don't. I think this is a joke. And interesting side note. Uh, 
uh, Fenway ownership group. Yep. Uh, they own the Penguins. The or they own the oh, okay. Penguins. So, uh, so that makes sense why they're going to play it there. But but the but that's but I don't care about who owns. Is that a conflict of interest? Yeah, it's not. I, that doesn't mean anything for me. Like I don't care about that. Yeah. My thought is that it should have been two original six teams. Like I just think or, that is so. Or cool. some teams that haven't played in it. Well, which is like half the league. But but again, like the fans have a hard time. Like I just feel like fans have a hard time with like an Anaheim hosting an outdoor game. Well, yeah, well, you different. don't have snow out there. Like you guys don't even know what snow is. Like well, all you know is how to brace yourself when when the toothpicks start rattling because you're having Uh-oh. an earthquake. But yeah, I just I think that these should be. And this is just my own personal opinion. I think that they should do original six teams. I think that would be so cool to do Winter Classic. You know, I'm not saying every Winter Classic, but you know, maybe every other year or maybe have a, you know, an outdoor game that consists of original six teams. Like they used to play it like open, open air, you know, back in the thirties and whatnot, but it is what it is. You know, there's nothing that's going to change politics runs the world and they're going to run the hockey world. But Um, yeah, I just, I I just think that, um, you know, I thought it's, you know, if Boston was going to be it, it should have been a an original six matchup. Yeah, and uh, there's been some NHL debuts, NHL debuts uh, lately. Uh, well, I guess it's that time of year when teams are not in. You had Owen Power make his debut. Yeah. Uh, against the Leafs, um, which is kind of, I I think it was a kind of cool move by Buffalo because uh, he's from Toronto, I believe. I think I read. Yeah, um, I didn't know that. I thought he was American, um, but then, but then um, he, uh, you know, he had his little solo lap, and then uh, another Michigan player, Bob, Bob Blake, I forgot his first name, Blankenberg. <clears throat> he made his debut. Actually, Columbus had two uh, making their debut on the same day. Um, I think they were both Michigan players. I forgot the other guy's name. Uh, but they both did their little solo lap together. It was kind of funny. The two were out there, you know, their the NHL. Uh, I guess it's like a tradition. <laughs> um, but then, uh, but Blankenberg really, he, I mean, he really stood out in the, in this game. And yeah, was I was watching star. the game. I mean, he was a third star. He had an assist. His first game. His parents were in the house. Yeah, that's, um, uh, yeah. that so cool. Like how many players do you think he's this kid and this kid's from Michigan too. How many players do you think play their first game ever in the NHL and snag one of the top three stars? They're probably kind of impressive to me. I think, yeah, I, I don't know if they're to keep it start three stars back then, but I know even just getting a point in their first game. <clears throat> but um, the other Michigan, uh, he, I forgot his name now, uh, the other Columbus guy, um, he's actually from British Columbia, and his parents uh, were at the game too. So that that's, I just want to say that, because that's, uh, you know, that's not just a little short trip from Michigan to Columbus. This is halfway across the country. 
Well, you know, it is their kid playing in the first AHL game. Um, and then, uh, is there any more NHL debuts? Just those three? Yeah, I think that I think that was it. And uh, Carey Price is back. Carey Price made his uh, start uh, against the Islanders. Um, so let's see how that's. Uh, that's his first game since he got injured back in July in the finals. Or I don't know if he got injured that game. The first game, first game back since he played. And uh, a <clears throat> little bit of sad news that's been coming for a few weeks now. Uh, you want to handle this one? Yeah, the uh, you know we had reported last week that there had been some false information on uh, the the great late Mike Bossy passing. Well, he you know he did pass away this week, and um, you know at at sixty five years old. You know, he's a Hall of Fame legend. You know, I just, you know, I know we, I know we touched upon it and there were different rumors about it, but yeah, it is confirmed. He, he has passed away. Um, yeah, he played for Montreal. He played for the New York Islanders. Um, he I was never realized he played for Montreal. Yeah. Oh, I'm four, sorry. Four, four, four cup winners. No, I'm sorry. He, I, he was, he born and raised in Montreal. Oh, okay. And he passed away in Montreal. They, they got him home. Um, but yeah, he was a, a right winger for the New York Islanders for many years. He was a part of their four-year Stanley Cup run. Um, you know, he holds several of the Islanders team records. You know, he, he has their. The regular season gold goals record. He's got 573 um, regular season goals. He's the leader in playoff goals at 85 in his career, um, and the season season single record or single season record for playoff goals. Um, he holds that as well. Um, uh, and I think I think I heard today, which is amazing. I I I can't believe this. He had nine fifty goal seasons. Yeah, yeah, he. He did. would have had ten, but he was injured. Yep. That just, that just that's an just a player. And this is back, you know, when scoring was a premium, not like it is today. When you know, you got to work for it. But you got to realize. I mean, the other thing you got to realize is the game, like you just said, was much different back then. I feel like it was a tougher game. Oh, they're getting hit. They were getting hit a lot harder, a lot, a lot I more. Lumberjacked with your stick. I mean, that was just on a regular basis. Like, if you tick somebody off, like, you knew you were getting hit in the open spot, you know, with, with the lumber. So, yeah, it was a different game back then. But, you know, and the other thing is when you think about hockey and people that have shaped the game and formed the game into what it is, I mean, people think of the Gordie Howes and the Mario Lemieux and the Sidney Crosbys and, um, you know, the McDavid's, you know, people consider them like the the godfathers of hockey. You have to throw Mike Bossy's name into that. I mean, the guy has had an incredible decorated career. Um, you know, he has back to back to back to back Stanley Cups. And, you know, he just he was an offensive threat. So, yeah, I, I just think that he's another one of those names that needs to be in those conversations of, of the greats. So, 
you know, rest in peace, Godspeed, um, Mike Bossy, and thank you for everything you've done for the NHL. So and the sport and the sport. So hopefully his family and everyone has peace. So um, again, Godspeed, Mike Bossy passed away at the age of sixty-five with his family in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And it was kind of, uh, I guess, kind of fitting that the Islanders played Montreal. Yeah, for more than one reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so uh, there wasn't too many suspensions or fines. You know, I touched on the milk and pork suspension, so I won't go back into that. Um, but uh, <laughs> how about Ryan Hartman? Oh, now this is a good story. So I, th- th- this leads into our. Um, our, our new uh, good news segment. Good news, good news, good news. That's what I wanted. Yep. So, um, I'll let you take. Go ahead and take the Nick Suzuki story. Okay. Uh, well. Th- yeah. Uh, well, Nick Suzuki. Uh, you know, as players usually do, they get to flip a puck over to uh, a little fan. Uh, he did that, but the kid didn't Bashed catch it. The kid didn't catch it. As he flipped the puck over to the kid, and the kid didn't catch it, and it hit him right in the lip. Gave him a right fat the, lip. Caught it right in the smacker. So, um, so he gave you know. Then he took a selfie, and then he gave him his a stick, uh, but. <laughs> The kid had to leave the game because they wouldn't let him uh, keep the stick during the game. Yeah, see, I find that to be bogus, and I, 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 I understand the safety concern about it. Yeah, well, but you see this happen at arenas all across the country, including Canada. Like players hand their sticks to kids, like they flip them up. I mean. Another another story that we didn't talk about that I'm just going to show as an example. I think the security for that arena are bunch of jerks. Yeah, yeah, they are because I mean Crosby, after the like during the third period, had a, his stick delivered to an opposing fan that said, "Hey, you know, next time I'm in the box, you know, keep the chirps down. You had some good chirps," and he signed it, Sid Crosby, and the guy got to keep his stick. But you think about it. And so they're in Toronto. I believe it was in Toronto. And, you know, you got that Canadian rivalry, you know, original six matchup. Now, most arenas that I have been to, which is only a handful, you see these kids get these sticks and these pucks before the game, which I think is awesome. My son got one from Justin Ablicator, you know, thanks to B-Dog, Brad, Brad Thompson over at Griffin's, the – uh HL affiliate uh, equipment manager. Great guy. Um, I act like I know him. I've only talked to him like three times. He has probably no idea who I am, but it's pretty cool. But he, he hands my kid a stick. And the only thing that security told me here in Rochester, I know it's a smaller market, tuck the stick under the seats. Tell the people in the row that you're going to put it down there, you know, and just step on, step on the shaft a little bit so you know if somebody's trying to steal it. So they actually, they actually not only let us keep the stick, but they told us how to make sure nobody steals it, which is, like I said, you tuck it under the, under the seat, you leave the blade sticking out in front of you 
where it's autographed, and then you just kind of step on it so that you know that it's there. And, you know, that's all there is to it. Like, if you have to go, you carry it with you. You know, during intermission or the bathroom, I know it's embarrassing, but you just carry it with you. Nobody busted our chops. Yeah, for them to say, <laughs> the, 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 you don't have to worry about anybody doing anything to you. You got a weapon. Right. Well, we're not going to get into that because <laughs> okay. good story out of Rochester. With yeah. That one. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no, that was a good, you know, the, Suzuki did a great thing. You know, a, a fan was hit. You know, they're not there to hurt fans. They're not there to be jerks. Like, they feel it. You know, if a puck goes out of play, like, even, even you, if you launched a puck and it went out and hit somebody in the crowd, you'd probably feel pretty bad about it. Like, yeah, you're probably not going to give them a stick because they're going to be like, what the hell are you doing? And, or slashing a guy uh, in, a, in the hand when you're trying to uh, pin his stick down. Yeah, he's a DB. <laughs> well, no, that was me last night. I oh. felt bad. I was like, oh, I didn't mean to hit your hand. Sorry. <laughs> but I didn't get a penalty. But, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that, like, you know, it happens. You know, those accidents happen. These guys, you know, they, they feel for their fans. They don't want anyone to get hurt. So that was cool that he gave him the stick. I still, I understand that there's a policy to not have sticks, but I'm, I'm questioning if Austin Matthews hands a stick over to a fan, is that fan going to be escorted out wearing a Toronto jersey? Bunch of jerks. You know, that's, that's the question I have. Yeah. I, I think that if the shoe's on the other foot, it doesn't happen. But because it was Montreal in Toronto, that it was a little different of circumstances. And I could be completely off kilter. They might have kicked anyone out with the sticks, but that's just kind of what I feel. Yeah, moving on to the Ryan Hartman uh, thing. Yeah, I'll take this one. So Ryan Hartman, as all of you probably know, and I'm guessing that you guys aren't amateur hockey fans, but Evander Kane having the trouble that follows him literally everywhere he goes, including his house and his bedroom and everything else, um, you know, gets into it with Ryan Hartman. And Hartman's, you know, ticked off. He's ready to drop the gloves, and refs come in, and they stop everything, which is stupid. And it boils over. But they did fight. There's, no, they didn't fight. That, it was a uh, – oh, that was uh, – he hit Kaprizov. And yeah. Right. Actually, uh, Ryan Hartman. But – so, in the heat of the moment, they're exchanging some words, and Hartman just flips him the bird and was like, the hell with you. Now, one complaint that I have about that is, okay, yes, there were kids in attendance. They saw him flick off Evander Kane. So, he got a, he got a $4,250 fine, right? Is that what it came out to be? Yeah. So, he got a $4,250 fine. And there was a, um, so the fans flooded his Venmo and he's up to $7,000. Well, as uh, current, it's up over 20,000 now. Oh, it's up to 20,000. <laughs> yeah. So that's going up. <laughs> Woo that's what I mean. Like, that's how many people absolutely hate Evander Kane. There was, a, there was an article. I'm guessing it was probably a bogus article just written for fun. But it showed uh, Connor McDavid, and it said, all the guys pitched in 50 bucks because we hate Evander, too. Even Evander Kane's ex-wife pitched in 200. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, people just despise this guy. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a statement here. You will not see Evander Kane very much longer. Trouble follows him everywhere. 
my guess is he'll get into some kind of off ice altercation somehow, and he will just he'll see himself out of the NHL before next season. That's just what I think. He's just trying to come back and make a splash right now and try to make a name for himself. He's very talented, but he just can't keep himself out of trouble. Like it just follows him everywhere. So, and I think with all the accusations from his wife, I I think he's I think his end is near. But the interesting, uh, great, the part that makes it good news is Hartman is donating uh, not only the money that's being, uh, you know, donated uh, to a children's uh, hospital in Minnesota. He's also going to uh, donate the forty-two fifty. So I mean, obviously, he's yeah. got to pay the fine to the NHL. Yeah, but he's also going to donate that money. money. He's not pocketing. So money. yeah, so yeah. and that's awesome. So that that uh, pretty much wraps up uh, that uh, all the stories, and uh, that leads us into some upcoming games. Yeah, uh, there's just a couple for Detroit. For um, the Wings are in New York. Um, will we see Helberg? I I don't know. Nobody knows. He was spotted on the ice, but. Uh, yeah, the Wings are taking on the Rangers, who are red hot. They're a good team right now. Uh, so, yeah, I don't see Detroit winning that game, but maybe they'll pull a rabbit out of their hat. And I'm actually going to say they're going to win that game. I'm going to I'm gonna make a bold prediction and say the Red Wings win that game. Oh, uh, they, they beat just, Carolina. They just beat Carolina, and they, they're trying to gain some kind of you know, motivation. They're trying to get some kind of a good end to the season. So what a better way to do it than to, you know, beat Carolina, who's one of the better teams in the East and followed up and beat the Rangers. Who's another very good team in the East. So if they can smack both of them, that would be great. You know, I think that'd feel really good for morale, even if they drop the next three. But I think, I think if Detroit wins one to two of these games, that changes their momentum because right now they've got some of the top teams in the NHL that they're playing in the next four games before our next uh, uh, session here. But they've got the Rangers coming up. They've got the Panthers twice and Tampa Bay. So, you know, their first Florida game is going to be in Florida. The second one is going to be, or I'm sorry, Uh, I'm sorry, is in Detroit. And, the last two games are going to be in Florida against Tampa Bay and against against. And the Wings, the Wings only have like two home games left, right? Yeah, they're they're running out of time here for they're at home. So anyway, you've got uh, Wings at Rangers. I'm going to say a win on that one. Wings versus Florida. I'm going to say that that one's going to be a loss. Tampa Bay is going to be a loss. And I I just I feel like they, I feel like they could come out and win the last game. At Florida, I think they're gonna win it. I Florida, guess. Florida's tough at home. They're a great <laughs> team at home. They're they're a great team in general, but I I think Detroit is gonna pull a rabbit out of the hat for. I think they're gonna go two and two on this four game stretch. Well, let's see if you uh, can start betting again. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna close the pocketbook. <laughs> it's an easy night. It's gonna be a, well, not easy. It's gonna be a a, a shorter. Uh, week for the Predators is they only have three games, but some huge games come up. All at home, as I said mentioned earlier, they had uh, five home games left, so a lot, lot different scenario than Detroit. Um, they have two road games left. Um, the first game, uh, Chicago, 
you know, they're basically in a rebuild. Uh, Chicago, the mess. So, I mean, they're, they should win that game. I, I'm going to go with a win on that one. Yep. Um, uh, the next couple, St. Louis. I mean, they always play tough, but St. Louis is playing really good right now, and they're in a battle with Minnesota. So, and uh, Predators are really, really hard. They're they're like kind of fighting. Not they got to find their identity again. Seems like they just they're, they're just not that's playing a, good. So me, that's I, a must win game. It's a must win game, but I'm gonna say they're gonna drop that one. You think and, so? Yeah, that's, that's I, I a think, must. That's uh, a must win because they're like teetering on falling out of the wild card spot. I think they're I think they're gonna lose by at least three goals in that game. But I mean, that's a team that they need to compete against because if they want to play. You know, you don't want to lose momentum going into the the playoffs. Like I said it a couple weeks ago, like, man, they're getting hot at the right time. They've kind of fizzled out the last couple weeks. I think they need to win that game to to get that momentum started to carry it into the playoffs. Oh, definitely. That's the the biggest game that they're going to be playing. And then they got another week. And then they got another big game right after that at home against Calgary. I, I think they're going to win. I think, I mean, they're, I mean, Calgary is a tough team. They're winning, leading the Pacific division, but um, they might even have it wrapped up. So Calgary might kind of start resting some players. I don't know. Maybe they don't do that. Um, but I, I just think even, even with the players, I think the players will uh, find a way to beat Calgary. They, they seem to have their number over the years. Um, well, so, so, so that that'll do it up for that. Um, yeah, they they need that. Um, so that's so yeah, the, I mean that's that's pretty much a wrap, right? That's the week for the Predators. Um, next, next week, week we'll probably keep our rant on the refs going, and and next week will be our tenth episode, so a little milestone for for next week. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll have some uh, some more more stories, price some more maybe some more fines. Who knows? Yep. Who, and, and more uh, more playoff updates because it it'll be changing. Yeah, absolutely. We we'll, we always have an action packed show, and I didn't rant so much tonight, and I apologize. My, my uh, allergies I, are flaring up. I think I, I covered that one. Yeah, I, that, I appreciate that. that, that yeah. usually I go off on some kind of a oh, tirade, and oh, those those those. Yeah, uh, Penguins fans. Yeah, oh, that sets uh, you yeah. over the edge. Oh God, I yeah. Oh, I, you I, you I, have been mad about that since uh, the second uh, it happened. I, I was good at the arena though. I didn't. I you wasn't those. I, I know. I'm not these fans that's gonna go in and pick a fight. No, me neither. There's too <laughs> many of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like I don't know. You'd have to bring yeah. a tank to a gunfight. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, yeah, real quick, before we hop off, some more exciting news that we didn't get off in the beginning of the show, but we've got ourselves a website, or I'm sorry, an email. Oh. So be sure to email us your questions. We can definitely answer them if you have, you know, questions on what you might think is. Um, and, we'll, and we can, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll read them on the air, you know, and answer them on the air. And, um. It's uh, PredWingsPodcast at gmail.com. And and there's we also have a Twitter feed now, uh, at PredWingsPod on Twitter, at PredWingsPod. So, yeah, drop us a line. If you have a question about something that you might have heard on the show, you know we'll answer even from past guests or anything like that. If you have a comment, concern, or a thought, 
Um, if you want to get our feedback on it, if you have a question about anything, let us know. All hate mail, please direct to D-Law. Any uh, fan rant mail, Ron. to Rant and Ron. That's no, right. the other way around. <laughs> but so. yeah, no, it's, it's been a good episode. I, I enjoyed it. I think uh, our listeners are going to enjoy this one, and hopefully what we say is true. See you, Smashville. Good night, Hockey Town. Like I need a drink